the only way that a man coming into your life in like the format of relationship can mess with your self-love is if you deem the love from him worth more value than the love you provide yourself. But that's a recurring theme in myself and other women. And I'm like, can we please break this shit down? Because I'm tired of living with that belief system. And I know so many other women also live with it. It can't be true. But clearly I'm perceiving, you know, the dating pool through that lens. And then it's creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of not meeting men I'm, I'm into. You're at a space now where you will be practicing, inviting in, calling up, having fun, practicing, and taking your time. Welcome to It's Not What You Think, the podcast that takes you on a transformative journey to rewrite your story of greatness and reawaken your soul's purpose. I'm your host, Celine DaCosta, a subconscious mind expert, master coach, and believer in the limitless power and magic that lives within all of us. My intention in this podcast is to propel you into your next level of success so that you are free to create the life that your heart most desires. Through deep, actionable insights, personal stories, and world-class guests, I'll provide you with the tools, strategies, and resources you need to unlock the fullest expression of who you're meant to be in this lifetime so that you can consciously design a reality that is beyond what you could have ever dreamed of. Join me on this journey to personal growth and evolution, and let's live our lives in accordance with our highest soul's calling. This podcast is your weekly check-in to help this path become more simple, obtainable, and fun. Thank you for tuning in today, and now let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to part two of my private coaching session with my dear friend and soul sister, Leanne Amanda, who is a life coach specializing in relationships. So I don't know if you've caught part one of this episode. If you haven't, I highly encourage that you go ahead and listen to part one because it is very juicy. In part one, I share more about uh, opening up about uh, my love life and the places where I've been feeling stuck when it comes to being a successful woman in the dating space and the little places and niggly wigglies where I was still healing my heart after my breakup. And so make sure you listen to part one. And for those of you tuning in, uh, eager and excited to continue the journey on part two. So get ready, buckle up, because part two is where uh, the vast of the big breakthroughs are really going to come through. And uh, the resolution, finally, I have a lot of aha moments. And uh, it really clicks for me where it is that I've been struggling and where the limiting belief systems were. So uh, let's tune in and see what the resolution to the story is, what my key takeaways and action steps are, and what I learned from this beautiful, tender, vulnerable private session. All right, let's dive in. So the desire there was for you to hear something like, you're enough. I see you. You are unconditionally lovable. My love isn't going anywhere. You are so brilliant. You are whole. You are complete. You are perfect. And you know what comes up even when you say that is love without strings attached. Because I did get some of these things, but it wasn't free. So so I think one of mm. one of the things that really developed in that stage was this constant like questioning of okay, so I'm intelligent and smart and 
beautiful, but I definitely need to take care of you when I'm older. So let me work hard, you know, like those things of, you know, oh, so I'm really smart so that I can get proceed or like advance in this level so that I can do this thing for you. Um, so it didn't feel like the love was free. It felt like there was a cost associated to it. And so there's an element of I'd rather not have I'd rather like then don't give me the love so I don't have to pay this fee because the mm. fee was really high. Yeah. Whew, I get that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, so what we tend to see, and this will not come as a surprise to you, is that the thing that we don't get from our parents try as they might with the best tools they have. We also somehow we, because that isn't, isn't um, displayed for us or demonstrated. We don't think to cultivate that thing on our own children learn by mimesis, right? Mm -hmm. We, we see something and we mimic it. So if there isn't something happening in the household where like, unconditional self-love and like non-scarcity like abundance of love is present like we will mimic that Mm. we will like learn that like I meet somebody who's from a totally healthy functional family and they're just like they're like these like shiny creatures I'm like wow you have no chip on your shoulder like it's this magical being that has no inner drama or turmoil and they're like peaceful to talk to (laughs) I'm like wow like you know what I mean? So, yep, so exactly. when it is mimicked for you, yeah, when it is mimicked for you, it is possible like to, to mimic it, right? So, so now what happens when we grow up and we learn that perhaps we weren't demonstrated the level of love that that would help us cultivate healthy relationships? That is when we come into self-parenting territory. That is when we learn to let go of our parents as the ones who are responsible for our self-love. And we, we now take on the role of self-parent, the loving parent that gives us what we need. Mm-hmm. So this is the time when we start to integrate saying and giving the things that we would have needed as a kid, but now and always. You make mm-hmm. a mistake now and instead of, oh, got to perform, got to jump higher. We go, okay, but you're also lovable in this moment Mm. and having that be a regular practice. What's, what's opening up for you or what are you present to right now? Mm -hmm. So what's opening up for me is this feeling of, um, you know, as I shared the past year and a half has really been concentrated on building my, my self-worth and my self-love. And so these things that you're saying around talking to myself, and um and supporting myself i'm like yep yep i'm nodding because i'm like yep did that exercise i still do it like it it feels like um something that i've really been able to integrate into my life in many ways and where what was opening up as you were sharing that is like yeah but i feel stuck extending that beyond myself as in um i feel like it my myself i'm self-regulated and like things are going well within my own system in the sense that I'm taking care of myself. I feel like I'm practicing self-love in in a really healthy way. But then when it comes 
of the idea of entertaining a man coming into my life now, there's this element of like, oh no, 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 no. He he's gonna he's gonna mess it up. That, that's just so, like this resistance. So self-parenting by yourself. So the self-parenting by yourself is like possible, but then the thought of a man coming in is like, I won't be able to self-parent with you around. Yeah, it's like he's gonna mess it up. That's the feeling of is like He's going to throw a wrench in my plans and then I'm everything I did is going to be for nothing, you know? And I know I, as I said out loud, I know this is a total like 100% limiting belief system that isn't actually the truth, but that I think it's important to recognize the voices in my head and pull them out because this is, this is one of them. And, um, and because of that, there's what you touched on before of, um, God, it's even like slipping out of my, I'm glad we're recording this because it's even like slipping into my subconscious again around the love is, um, yeah. like, is it? The, the love? Yeah, I actually want to. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I want to pause you for a sec because I hear the fear and wanting to capture it. Like the fear that if you bring a guy in, then your self-parenting, your self-love will get messed up. Yeah. I want to make a statement and I want to see how it lands with you. Okay. The only way I'm just, and it doesn't have to be the truth. I just want to see how, and if it serves you, the only way that a man coming into your life in like the format of a relationship can mess with your self love is if you deem the love from him worth more value than the love you provide yourself. Mm. <laughs> yep, that lands, that lands. And to, there's a fear here then. There's a fear that that could be true. Yeah, like his love is gold minus silver. Right. And for me, I want the gold. Right. Yep. That completely lands. So my question is, what would make love from yourself be like as valuable as the gold. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Any suggestions? Okay. So yeah, so I do. <laughs> so what I find, and this is because it takes one to know one, kind of situation. This isn't me like, I've always been perfect. And like, let's see if I can coach you to be like me. No, this is that I have been in this scenario and found this experience and had to like, really grapple with this. So when I explore, explored, like, somebody else's love being worth more than the love I give myself, it was actually that. So human beings, whatever we do, whatever we think, we do and think those things because there's a payoff. We don't do anything without a payoff. 
It's just the way our brains work. Even if we're doing something that harms us, there is a payoff to it. So when I thought to myself, what is the payoff of believing that somebody else's love is worth more than my own for myself? What's the payoff of that? And what I discovered was that there was this underlying belief that if I truly loved myself and found that love and was able to love myself completely and nobody else's love had to be present in order for my love to be present, I had this belief that that would be really lonely. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> What's coming up for you? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> And that's one of my biggest fears is to be alone. It's like to be alone is one of my biggest fears in in life. Like it's like those deep primal unconscious, you know, some people are like afraid of losing their mind and some people are afraid of, you know, like, I don't know, being eaten alive by ants. Like mine is that is like just being a lonely cat lady in the middle of a mountain. But then I'm like, but if I'm, if I love myself, then what's the problem? I'm like, well, but I don't want to be alone. Like, what the? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. But see here, because see here's the catch twenty two though, is that inside this belief, inside this context, self love equals loneliness. Do you know how tantalizing self love sounds in that context? Hmm. It's like I would rather not love myself completely so that I could at least have some people around me. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious what for you will enable you to fully surrender to self-love while trusting, like, can there be trust that you can actually have complete whole self-love such that a man will be invited into your life and you will have a relationship with him and you get to create a relationship with him and have full unmesswithable self-love. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Cause I can see a part of me being like, then why would I need him? <laughs> like, that, I mean, well, that, that's, that see, literally actually, just, that, what, that question got posed in my head. I'm like, yeah, but then why I just, just let well, me be a man. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you change it instead of using the word need? Why don't you pick a different word? Mm. Why would I want him? Why would I choose him? Another good one. Mm. Literally any word other than need, I'm curious about you using instead. Because in this context, perhaps relationship doesn't come from need. Mm -hmm. From choice. Mm. Oh dear. Oh, it brings us back into the conundrum of, of 
the, the filtration system of, yeah, but like there's no one worth choosing. Which again, I know this is the limiting belief system. I, as I say that, I, I know it's not the truth. But then it like loops me back into this place of like, yeah, but there's no choices here. So I'd rather be alone and love myself. Ew, this isn't cool. I don't like this. I don't want, or, I don't want this. <laughs> Or really interesting that your mind went there. Yep. So what I heard from that was when you don't come from need, you have the power to choose, which buys you time rather than operating from scarcity. Hmm. What about biologically though? Cause that's where the scarcity is. If I were to tune into the scarcity, it would also come from that. It would come from the fact that I'm in my early thirties. Yeah. So, I mean, I have my own personal, you know, belief that you have time, but, um, but I know some people, some women are thinking that they're like, yeah, but I'm 35. Like I don't have time. I'm 38. Okay. So then let's come back to this self-love. And that if you had this self-love, you would be lonely thing. Mm -hmm. Would you be lonely because you would choose to have no love? Or would you be lonely because like what What for you would lead to being lonely if you were fully self-loving? You would just never choose anybody because you'd be content with yourself? It would feel like nobody would be good enough or nobody would supersede my own company um, or just almost being uh, so overly choosy and picky that there's like no really, there's not enough contenders left for me because even at this point, I feel I have a very challenging time even meeting men that I'm attracted to, let alone would consider um, for a serious relationship. And so there's a part of me that thinks if I love myself more and then I'm like in this even more love bubble and even more, you know, in that space of being lonely or being in my own self-love, then we're truly eliminating most men on the planet. And so it becomes this thing where I can choose, but if I choose, it's not going to be anyone that's really going to be a match for me. Okay. So part of what you said sounded like, okay, I'm with you. And other parts I was like, wait. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's step aside from the concept of self-love for a moment, because I feel like we could come back to it and still get it, but I don't know if, I think it's getting a little convoluted right now with your like choosing people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what are the main things that you look for in a partner? Hmm. Kindness, an open heart, an open and clear heart. Mm Mm-hmm. Emotional availability, like complete emotional availability and desire to commit and co-create in a life partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, 
um, family, family man, as in someone who is who about who wants to have children and not just for the sake of having kids, but is really invested in um, having a family and raising a conscious family, um, just in right relationship to the planet and to to our me and and him. Um, and somebody who is um, financially independent. Um, and what I mean by that is that they either have their own business or they have they don't they don't depend on the system to um, like they can move around. They don't need a job. And if they quit the job, then then they can't, you know, move up to, like somebody who's flexible, who can travel and who is able to move around the planet and, you know, support themselves independently. And I would say, what else? Um, maturity, maturity, somebody who is, has done the inner work, a lot of it, personal development, and is really in a space of being um, able to co-create with a woman who's not going to get intimidated by me, my too muchness or my success, um, and can really like meet me in, in depth, meet me, um, in a desire to co-create things in our life and, um, definitely open mind, very open-minded. So I would say those are the big ones. I agree with all those. Those are great. And can I name one more that I think you might have? Yeah. Integrity mm. with an empowered context of commitment. Hmm. Like, not I'm sacrificing my freedom to be committed to you, but I am finding my freedom being committed to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I would, I would love to, you know, whoever my partner is, to, for him to be like, this woman's made my life a thousand times better. And that said, I'd like to say that about him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are plenty of men out there like this. Maybe you save for like one, like maybe, you know, maybe the guy has all of them, but he's rooted and loves his work, you know, at a specific brick and mortar place. Or like maybe he has all these things, um, but, you know, there's something I don't know. And there are men out there like that. What I'm curious about is like the chicken before the egg situation. Mm. Is it that no men are good enough or is it that you're guarded? I would no say. Man being good enough <laughs> <for me. laughs> Knowing what I know about life, it's definitely my limiting belief systems and what I think that is, that is creating this. But I'm like, where the, because when you were saying there's plenty of men out there, I'm like, where the fuck are they? But that's a recurring theme in myself and other women. And I'm like, can we please break this shit down? Because I'm tired of living with that belief system. And I know so many other women also live with it. It can't be true. But clearly I'm perceiving, you know, the dating pool through that lens. And then it's creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of not meeting men I'm, I'm into. Um, yeah. So let's take this a step further. So that man you described... What kind of partner would match him? What does mm -hmm. he need? Mm -hmm. 
he needs um, a woman who's not afraid to be vulnerable. Um, he needs a woman who is, as we were sharing, uh, really able to hold and, and love herself and feels secure within herself. He needs a woman who's in touch with her emotions and able to express them in a healthy manner, in a healthy, regulated manner. Mm. He needs a woman who is able to, who's, who's not going to necessarily depend on him for his financial freedom. He's happy to, to be a provider, but not in a codependent. Anything that's codependent is really going to, is going to send a red flag for him. Mm -hmm. And let's see. Um, he needs a woman in the family front who's not going to just demand that of him, but is also going to embody that and lead uh, with that um, in her role, like of a whatever the agreed model is of family. Like she's not just going to be like, can you do like, for example, can you be a better father? but a woman who would model what it means to, to be a better mother. So self-responsible. Correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So when you reflect on these traits. Yep. Are you settled about truing yourself up to that woman? I'm committed to her. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I don't check all the boxes perfectly yet, but I'm like, I'm checking. Like it's, I'm doing, I, I've got a little progress bar on each one of them, some higher than others, but I'm not, not progressing on in any of these categories, if that makes sense. It's interesting because you are not like, there with all of them and yet you are looking for men through like are they there with all of the so mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm curious if you were if you were committed to ongoingly truing yourself up to this woman you are like committed to being and you gave yourself to that as something that like like that is the woman you want to be. And I mean, what, what better way to spend your time than the consistently practicing, like being the woman you actually want to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And then from there being the invitation for the man that matches that and is matched by that. As opposed to I'm here, perfect guy over there. You're not perfect. You're not perfect. You're not perfect. You're not mm. perfect. Shop's closed. <laughs> so what would the alternative look like if the shop's open without getting any like, you know, shoplifters or less than people who can't buy the goods, you know? <laughs> I mean, like shoplifters imply that there'd be no security system for the shop. Ooh. Okie dokie. Hear you on that one. So basically a dude who is also committed to being that man, but not fully there in some other ways is okay. Like, 
We go could in there. very well be. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be that. I mean, I might be putting words in your mouth, but it could be that if he's committed to that and you're committed to your aspiration, that it's okay to not have perfection as long as you're both committed to that. Uh Uh-huh. Demanding perfection perfection does seem like a coping mechanism. Yep, it definitely is. And it's an, an excellent way to keep them away. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, that you're not really being invitational at that point. You're kind of like the guard dog snarling behind the fence. Like, do you really want to deliver this newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a treat? Oh, oh my goddess, that's amazing. Yep, yep. That sounds right on point. That sounds right on point. So then the inquiry continues to be like, how do you, how to let them in? Filtering, not letting them in right away. And whatever it takes to filter your way, right? Like I have a way that I filtered, you know, my partner, for example, but whatever way you can ongoingly share what you want, and watching if he meets you there and really listening to the information you get in that moment. Mm. What is he giving me? Is he meeting me? Higher, slow, fire, fast. Mm, I know that one. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like that one. I use it with my clients you, all the time. <laughs> right. But if you are holding... If you are holding this self-love that you're newly discovering and fostering for yourself as a result of being your new self-parent, you won't have to let somebody in right away before knowing they're right for you. Because you got you. Mm -hmm. You have the patience to wait to see how they handle stress, handle a conflict, um, the way they approach your requests and your needs and boundaries. Um, watching to see their capacity for empathy, like watching how they respond when you call them on something or challenge them with something. There are so many ways you can, you can call someone up and see how they respond before letting them be your partner Hmm. and really listening to the information that they give you, but not letting them enter the race at all. Then you even, you don't even get room to practice. You don't get room to practice exploring your filtering muscles. I would say right now you are in a in a time of play and exploration and going to the gym. Like you are working the muscles of filtration right now. And you are practicing fine tuning, really listening to what a man gives you with his actions, with his responses. You know, like that is the Right now, you are not in the phase of having the breakthrough and then manifesting this perfect man, and then you're going to ride off into the sunset. Right now, you are, because I would not trust that either. Right now, you are practicing, like, coming home to that self-love that also means you are steady and waiting with an invitation for a man who meets you, and you keep bringing your full self, and you see with real, like, like awake eyes how he meets you there and responds. And having the courage to say goodbye if he doesn't 
like meet you fully or having the courage to invite him up and seeing if he accepts the call up in something. He might not get everything right the first time, but if he really accepts the call up into something, that's also a man totally worth your time. Mm -hmm. but it isn't about just being chosen and then saying giddy up. <laughs> yeah. Bring that one up. <laughs> You're at a space now where you will be practicing inviting in, calling up, having fun, practicing and taking your time. Hmm. <sighs> and you know, that I'm feels really more careful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm really careful telling people like what to do, because I do believe that, you know, in, in coachy conversations, the person being coached really is in power. Yeah. And so a coach really has to wield carefully whether they say do this or do that, right? Because mm -hmm. the person has to choose for themselves. We do hear that you have a tendency to jump right in. So I don't feel like I'm pushing an agenda by saying like, you just have time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, again, you were kind of speaking to this already, but how does this feel for you? It's starting to, I'm starting to, I'm feeling like more expansion, 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 spaciousness in my body of like, okay, got it. So what's landing for me is that number one, you know, priority is cultivating my self-love because one way or another, that is something that no one's ever going to take away. Like this is only going to improve me and it's only going to feel better. And it's, it's just love, more love is more love and reparenting myself in that way. The other thing I'm hearing is that I am a choice um, and it's no longer about getting, I've had the experience of being chosen and being swept away in the sunset that like didn't last super long. Um, and that tantalizing, you know, seductive experience I've gone through. And so I can recognize it and I can see it for what it is now. Maybe I wouldn't be able, if I hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't be able to be like, yeah, that's how it sounds like what you're saying is right, Leanne, but not actually knowing my body, like, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but rather that I am at choice and I do have time and I have space. I'm also hearing that there is a limiting belief system that we stumbled on that's really potent uh, or was really potent around feeling that, you know, love uh, that I'm that basically it's hard to find a man I'm paraphrasing but it's it, there's a, the belief system being that it's hard to find a man that would love me and so because of that if one of them like appears that he's going to give me that you better jump on that and lock that in and like keep that around and and to the point where I have compromised myself to be able to keep that because of that belief system that there isn't someone else that's going to come along and love me even more um I'm also hearing that even if that's the case, you know, it doesn't, it's not about that. It's not about needing that person's love because I'm still perceiving, I was perceiving that his love was gold and mine silver. And because of that, I would trade off my own love for his love because it was better, which was creating um, codependency patterns. And what I'm also hearing is that it's important to by letting people into the race or opening up the shop and, and allowing myself to meet men 
or to date men with curiosity and an open-mindedness, I'm able to start to filter the men that are worth my time and aren't worth my time by seeing how they're treating me, how they're acting and not needing to rush into a relationship, but rather taking my time to really test and, and or not test, that's not the right word, but um, more so be like, oh, okay, he's meeting me here. He's not meeting me there. There's a flag here. Oh, there's no flags. And and allowing myself to, to be in this playground this, and this just um, relational gym of let me, you know, talk to these men. Let's see what's going on with these men and see if there's one that I choose to be in partnership with um, from a principle that my love is gold and his love is gold. So more gold is great. So all of that is what's what's landing for me. And I think the one piece that if that feels still wiggly and it'd be great if we can just let that drop um, is the piece of, okay, so I walk out of this room and, and then what, like, do, how, where, how do I, do I go on dating apps? Do I like go to a restaurant? I mean, I've been, I've, I'm a quite a social woman and I'm not finding that they're approaching me. Where are they? So it's kind of like this feeling of how do I get a, how do I get a supply to filter through to begin with? Well, first of all, who have you been being? What energy transmission have you been currently giving out in the world? Closed for business, bitches. Right. So <laughs> you haven't earned the right to complain that men aren't approaching you until you <laughs> the invitation. Okay. You haven't heard Okay. <laughs> Humble. Like we're not gonna like we're not gonna spend more than three seconds on that. If you've been closed, babe. <laughs> then you've been closed and it's okay. Cause like we can see why you were closed and we can have compassion for that. And now there's a practice of being an invitation from a place of, I got me like now I want to create rather than I'm closed. Like I'm hard to love. Who's perfect. <sighs> like, to two totally different energies in the world. And like, we're all guilty of the second one, by the way. Okay. It's like, we've all done it. <laughs> I love the way you said it. so good. Right? I would hazard a guess that, that women listening to this, not they're not all going to be like, I've just been an invitation and I've only been completely self-loving and never expecting perfection from men or never only accepting like, like not reading the red flags and I like, no, they're all going to resonate with like, we've all been closed. We've all been hurt. We've all been on the defense. We've all really hoped that a guy would just come to us mostly cooked. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's interesting because like, okay. So I, I think that you can walk out of this room and you can practice just, first of all, letting this, this conversation integrate, letting this conversation sit with you, start to notice what arises in you. Because if you just like leave this conversation and go, okay, what do I do? Again, it's going to be skipping over feeling some feels and we want to integrate, mm. right? Mm. So maybe the, the thing to do is also, I'm going to follow up with you in a couple of days and see where you're at. And I think any women listening to this podcast can also let this conversation sit with them and they can start to really 
allow some truths integrate with them if they need to sort of call themselves on something mm-hmm. and also have some compassion for themselves about some things mm-hmm. and let it let that integrate that's like really what needs to happen right now rather than the push to go make the result because <laughs> that again is coming from love is scarce so hmm. Yeah, you got a couple of days to integrate and you will be okay. <laughs> You're gonna be okay. <laughs> I say that like finally you'll be you'll be incredible. I had no doubt. I'm insane. You know, I'm, is, is it okay if I share with you like a, a personal story? Yeah, of course. Okay. So um when I first started dating my now partner, um I remember I was, um, a friend of mine asked me to get a dating app because he wanted me to look at his dating profile to see if it was up to snuff and it really wasn't. He looked like a serial killer. It was awful. And so I like went on this dating app to help him, uh, fix his profile and like, you know, swipe through guys' profiles and show him what guys were doing that was good, what was bad, workable, unworkable. I ended up matching with my now partner. Um, But before I committed to my partner, I went on a whole bunch of dates. I went on so many dates, but he was the very first date I went on. And I remember partway through, you know, our second date, maybe I said, Hey, so, you know, I'm, I'm sensing that, uh, um, like this, this feels really good. And I want you to know, I'm going on other dates to feel out, you know, the situation. Um, Is that okay with you? Are you comfortable with that? Are you seeing other people? He says, no, I'm not seeing anyone else. I don't want to see anyone else, but that's okay. Do what you got to do. I'm not worried. And he said that from this place of one, if this girl doesn't pick me, she's not for me. And two, I'm also good on my own until someone does. Hmm. It was this beautiful display of unmesswithable self-love while still being an invitation. He was a really beautiful invitation. And it stuck with me. It sticks with me to this day, that beingness. And, you know, like a week later, I'd gone on a bunch of dates and I came back to him and I said, hey, I deleted my dating app and he goes, good. I will too. And that was it. But it was this secure, trusting place that he came from that stuck with me because he wasn't trying to lock anything down and he was still an invitation Mm -hmm. and he still accepts all my challenges for his growth. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a really powerful story. And what it just opened up in me is this realization that I always had this misconception that, oh, well, my partner was the secure one and he was the one that was like very comfortable and confident and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things I really realized is that I could connect to his like rushing and his like like his need to basically lock it in is actually a pattern. And I didn't, I just saw, I just realized it now, like this, like, 
let's go, let's go. Like even after we um, broke up, like he got into another relationship like a month and a half later. And, um, and I knew that I was a relationship he had right after another one that he, that, that was like, basically that's his thing as well. And, um, when you said that I was like, and I'd known this, but I love the way that it just landed for me now where it takes two to tango, you know, and it wasn't like, there was a part of me that was in that codependency, but there was, he was as well. Like that was his, that, I don't know if it is still, but it was definitely his pattern also, it wasn't just mine because it's one mirror reflects the other. So right. Really and, and I learned something about my partner's attachment style in that moment. Mm. And I learned like, I learned something about his groundedness in that moment mm-hmm. that I still see every day in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was paying attention. He was showing me things from day one. Wow. And it's easier to see and pay attention when your nervous system is like calm and not in a rush and not like, there's a boat, it's leaving, let's go. You know, I, I get it now, even knowing what I know about the nervous system and how, you know, cause obviously I consult for corporate and I help a lot of business owners with like slowing down on their business and just getting clear headed. And when I apply those principles into this, it's like, you can't think clearly, you can't choose well when you're crowded with hormones of something's leaving there's not enough um it makes it very difficult to 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 reason yeah and and speaking of which i was in an incredibly comfortable time in my life like i did not i had cultivated a sense of wholeness at that time mm-hmm. and was practicing you know filtration practicing what i teach go figure and I was not playing the game to fill any holes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay. How are Don't. you feeling? I feel like we're naturally coming to a close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm like, this feels good. <laughs> okay. did, we achieve, did we achieve the crack? We are cracked, baby. <laughs> We are okay. cracked. The crack is cracked. I okay. get it. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Thanks. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Um, and I'm really what I'm receiving to answer my own question before, because I could see that I was like in that, but how? Um, that this is really about number one, like opening myself up back up energetically and being from a space of invitation rooted in self-love as in, okay, I'm open for a man to come along into my life and to learn who he is and to, for him to show me who he is. Um, and I'm not going to jump into a relationship until, you know, if I see, um, that this person is really someone who can meet me in that long-term capacity. And Mm -hmm. the other thing that I've also receiving from this last bit is that let him show me who he is and just lean back and relax and be okay. Cause at the end of the day, like I'm good. As long as I've got me, I'm good. And that man's going to come along and I don't have the right to complain until I'm open. And I, I would like to not even get to the point of complaining because I'm just going to integrate and 
actually, you know, do this the way that I want to do it. So, um, so just let myself be that open invitation, but firm in my, in my principles and in, in my love for myself and not compromising that or giving that over ever. Beautiful. That's gold, baby. This, this lady's gold. (laughs) Yes. Hell yes. Nice work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your courage, for your openness, your vulnerability, for your play and your humor, for your humility. Thank you for all of it. Thank you. Yeah, that was that was quite a ride. Woo! My goddess. <sighs> well, thank you, Leanne. It was really incredible to experience your gifts and to do it in such a such a raw manner. <laughs> raw and open manner. I I feel that anyone who's listening to this um is really going to, re- there's, there's several different layers there. And I, and I'm happy now that it's on the, I was happy to do it before, but now I'm not nervous about it because it's done. Um, but I'm happy to, to have been the guinea pig to, to, to really expose this. Cause I know this, these little rooted limiting belief systems and emotions that are, that go along with them. And they're so deep in the psyche that again, like, you know, one of the things I also want to share it, cause you know, you've been talking a lot about being compassionate with ourselves is that a lot of, the woman you're listening, like they're conscious women. They're aware women. They're not like, oh, I don't know what's wrong. Like, why? What's happening? I don't see anything. You know, even as I was speaking, I was fully aware and conscious that those limiting belief systems existed in me and that they were influencing my actions and they were influencing the filter through which um, I was seeing the world. And so even being aware of that, it was still a stuck page in your words. So it's really helpful to um, be able to have someone else just kind of ask those questions and open me up um, in a gentle and loving way. And even on the theme of that, something else that I want to bring forward is just that importance of supporting each other, especially as women. And, mm-hmm. you know, having, you know, Leanne, like Leanne is a good friend of mine. And so to have you be able to share, like ask me these questions and hold that space um, is really potent both in friendships as well as in mentorship containers, you know? So, um, so yeah, thank you for, for being able to hold this space for myself and for, for who, anyone else that is currently, uh, listening to that, this and having their own version of their breakthroughs and aha moments that they needed to have from listening to this conversation. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you again for trusting me and bringing me on and, um, I don't take it lightly that you gave me your trust for the piece that's been like the pages stuck together and been so tender. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm the person that comes to mind when you think, where do I need to be safe in my tenderness? That's mm-hmm. probably the biggest compliment that I can receive with what I'm up to. So that's a huge honor. And I'll hear from you in a couple of days when you let me know what you've integrated. <laughs> yes, yes, I will. I will. So thank you so much, Leanne, for, for today. And, you know, I'd be curious to hear anyone who's listening, if there's any break aha moments or any breakthroughs, anything that's come up for you that also feels tender and vulnerable, 
please feel free to screenshot this episode and, you know, either message me, um, tag me and Leanne and, and let us know like what it is that you thought about it and what came through for you. Cause we were also curious to, to receive the, the response, um, of the women out there or men also men, um, who are listening mm-hmm. to this and really resonating with the messages in here. Cause there's so many different themes here that are really important, um, for a lot of us <laughs> to, to remember. And as Leanne was even saying, you know, um, she's lived through a lot of these and that's what makes her even, you know, able to be able to hold this conversation is because of her own experiences. And I know when it comes to when I'm coaching people at what I'm excellent at, I'm able to have these conversations because I made the mistakes because I went through the fire um, because I went through the things um, that, that really I needed to learn in order to get to the place where I can comfortably hold that space for someone else and see those, those limiting beliefs wiggling around. So um, that was really beautiful. And Leanne, for people who are really curious about, you know, obviously they've just experienced you and they're curious about your work or they want to be connected with you, where are the best places that they can find you? The best place that they can find me is Instagram because that has my links to my email, my website, my articles, my ebook. It has everything. So uh, literally my name, Leanne.Amanda, and I'm sure you'll put the spelling, you know, in the comments. Yep. That's the best way to find me. Okay. Beautiful. And before we close up this shop, is there anything now that we've gone through that entire journey, is there anything that you feel inspired to, to, you know, wrap everything up, to share with, with whoever's listening? If not, that's fine as well. But I'm just curious before we, we close up, if there's any golden nuggets or any bow that you want to tie on this, uh, on the insights that we got today. You know, I think, yes, with the particular topic of this conversation, women who are powerful and yet open, women who are accomplished and yet humble, women who, and this is also just any person regardless of gender, women who are, um, have the world telling them how good they are and yet still they're willing to open themselves up to where they haven't yet mastered something. Those are the women who create necessary change in the world. And so no matter how brilliant you are, no matter how accomplished you are, there is no shame in having a mentor or opening up a conversation about something you don't know, looking at your blind spots, you still are that powerful driven woman. You still are that accomplished human. Even when you open yourself up to getting feedback, asking questions and embarking on um, an unknown journey, you are just as powerful, if not more, for acknowledging the places that you haven't yet mastered. And it is more than okay. In fact, we want to see this from you. We don't need you to be perfect. We just need you to be present and practicing. Mm. That's what I would say. Amen. Needed to hear that. We don't need to be perfect. And neither does our man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really, it, that was a beautiful way because it's, it's true. You know, and even I hope that just this conversation gave whoever's listening inspiration to know, like I'm doing this because what you just said, Leanne, like is, is the summary of why I wanted to even do this in the first place and, and put myself out there because, um, the only way that I know how to 
teach or how to show is to lead and just do it myself first um, to really show that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm accomplished and I have a lot of things and I'll have a lot of people telling me how good I am, but this is an area of my life that still feels like it needs a lot of my work and my attention and that's okay because I'm not a perfect human. So, um, and I'm here and I'm showing up for it and I'm committed to it. So I think anyone who's listening to this can definitely relate and hopefully be reminded to have compassion on yourselves and know that um, we all have our things that we're working on and it doesn't make us any less of a coach, any less of a friend, any less of a lover, any less of anything um, to have different areas of our life that we're still tending to and um, nurturing. So beautiful. So without further ado, Leanne, thank you so much for uh, coming on to this podcast. And I'm really excited to see uh, people's responses to this. And I'm also excited to integrate this and to follow up with you and see how this crack starts to un to crack itself. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more. And uh, again, thank you. Thank you, beautiful humans, for tuning into today's episode of It's Not What You Think. If you loved what you received today, make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps us reach even more amazing listeners like you. If we aren't already connected on social media, come receive even more tips and inspiration by following me on Instagram at Celine DaCosta or visiting my website at CelineDaCosta.com. After listening to this episode, I invite you to take a few moments to reflect. What stood out to you? What were your key takeaways or breakthroughs? And if there was one action step you could take from this, what would it be? Thank you again for joining me on this journey. I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to connect in the next episode. Until then, keep sharing your unique gifts and living out your most magical life. <laughs>